The Ram Dhamma's Kingdom by Robert P. Fitton. Episode 6, Dust to Dust. The sun was low in the desert sky. It blazed across the mountains and alluvial fans, although it was not as hot as it had been during the midday. The heated sun made McGee sweat. With no sign of life, this wasteland offered very little hope to the occupants of this tiny, white, insulated tent pitched on a shaded ledge in the middle of nowhere. The other men had already risen. McGee looked outside, ready to continue the nighttime trek through the rough terrain. He sat up and undid the flap. The warmer air hit his bearded and tanned face as he stepped under the rocks. They had been traveling for over a week. Hardly speaking at all, their supplies dwindling on the distant planet. Senator, he called as he moved over to the rocks. He saw Rothstein sitting on a ledge rock, gazing into the valley below. He turned as McGee called, his whiskers gray like an old sailor and his face burnt brown. Where's Barrett? I don't like it, he said as he drank some nutrient and handed it to McGee. You don't like what, Senator? McGee asked, and then he put the orange liquid to his lips. Ah, oh, that tastes good. Now where the hell is Barrett? That's what I'm trying to tell you, McGee. Barrett went out on his own. He what? shouted McGee. I thought we agreed to stay together until we find that green area I saw from up in the SRT. Where does he think he's going? You said this morning you thought we were near it, replied the senator. I said I thought, just judging from the distance from where we saw it coming in, but I can't be sure. There's no reason for him to go off by himself. He said he was just going over those ridges over there, said Rothstein as he pointed toward the sun. That wasn't too smart. How long has he been gone? Over two hours. He should be back any time now. Ah, oh, the hell with him. I'm not waiting. We have to go to him. Come on, let's break camp. Oh, go ahead, bark out the orders, yelled Rothstein as he stood. You just think everything's going to fall into place. Personally, I've lost about everything I've worked for in the last 30 years. I'm just a little bit unsure of our future. Then you give me a damned alternative, Senator, cried McGee as he headed back to fold up the tent. I haven't got one, and I'm just sick of your arrogance. McGee turned, displaying his anger. Just remember, we all lost everything, Senator, not just Alvin Rothstein. Losing Annie may not be important to you, but it's ripping away at me. More than this desert itself, so just keep your poor old me comments to yourself. He went over to the rocks and prepared to leave. The two men, hardly speaking, their backpacks secured, headed up over the rocks and toward the sun. Although the rocks were numerous along the slope, McGee could still see an open plain, smaller than the span where they had landed. It was wedged between the deepening blue mountains with no sign of life. Barrett! Barrett! He called out, his voice bouncing from peak to peak. Damn, he must be up here somewhere, Senator. He told me he'd be right back, answered Rothstein. I don't know where the hell he is. Yeah, well, he's not back. Something's wrong. I can sense it, yelled McGee as he angrily moved away from the senator and up the next ridge. The view from the top was unexpected. There was a span of sandy desert ahead, but a small stream emerged from groundwater toward the far end. McGee smiled broadly as he saw an array of desert palm-like trees and spreading plants along a meandering river. Rothstein! He found it! Rothstein, he found it! 
senator hurried over the rocks to the top. Ah, Eureka, Eureka! Now where the hell is Barrett? Asked McGee, cupping his hands again. Barrett! Barrett! Well, he must be down there. That's why he hasn't come back. We've been saved. Don't you understand that? He should hear us, said the cautious McGee as he led the ecstatic Rothstein down the rocks and onto the sloping sand. As they raced across the sand, he could feel the fresher air and smell the plants. The mountains ahead blocked the sun as they moved toward the trees. The water was not an illusion, nor was the surrounding grassland and plants. You were right, McGee. I'm sorry, you were right, he yelled as he moved toward the water. He splashed it over his hot, tired face. Hold it, Rothstein. We're on another planet, remember? It's water, McGee. Don't be a damn fool. McGee's face became very serious as he looked around this very lush oasis. The senator was soaking wet, just lying in the water as McGee walked along the banks. Barrett, for God's sakes, answer us! I will find him, don't worry, said Rothstein as he ran from the water, shaking it off. Why don't you go in, McGee? You'll probably cool down that hot temper of yours. Shut up, Rothstein, I don't like this he said, still scanning the area. Everything seemed so quiet. Certainly Barrett could have heard them calling. A refreshed senator trailed behind. McGee headed for the grassland under the trees and beyond the riverbank. He moved forward, stepping into the grass very carefully. I don't even think he's here, he yelled back to Rothstein. Then he stepped on something and instinctively sprang back. His mouth opened as if he were going to throw up. A human hand ripped from its joint lay on the ground. The grass was dripping with blood and there was, there was a portion of the bright blue flight uniform off to the side. God almighty, God almighty, screamed McGee. He sprinted back through the grass toward Rothstein, but before the senator could say anything, the resounding roar of a deep red snake-like creature shook the area. Less than 50 feet away, it stood up in the grass, reaching the height of a basketball hoop. Its sleek head and beady eyes forecast its ugly intent, and to confirm the worst, its spiky, sharp white teeth were coated with blood that dripped to the grass. Both men ran across the banks and onto the desert sands as the mighty creature ducked back into the grass and wound its way forward. It emerged on the river's edge as the two men moved like racehorses through the desert. Once again, once again, as if once again, as if to proclaim its reign over the territory, it rose upward on its very short legs. It roared loudly toward the sky, confident it had chased the two intruders out of its domain. Oh dear God, McGee, yelled Rothstein as they moved far up the slope. There, it's dead, Rothstein. I saw his arm in the grass. That thing killed him, all because he had to go it alone. I had no idea, said the senator, his face very red. What's the matter? Are you all right? asked McGee, holding his shoulders. Rothstein was his last link to humanity. Strain, that's all. I'm, I'm all right. That thing, it's hideous. What else is lurking out here for us? I don't know, but there are plants down there. What are you saying? Go back there? Are you out of your mind, McGee? That thing will kill us in a second. We may have to kill it just to survive. Do you hear me? We can't go back to the desert. We don't have the supplies. At least there's water down there. The senator's eyelids became heavy and he staggered for a few moments. My God, what's happening to us? How can we go back there? We have to, because we're the last two alive. Barrett's dead, Annie's dead, and Kellogg and Savard are dead. Everyone else is dead. It's just you and me, Senator. 
Rothstein's eyes rolled upward and he collapsed right in front of McGee. The water, the damn water. He bent over and shook the senator. Rothstein was still conscious, opening his eyes as he breathed quickly, but he was hardly rational. McGee lifted him off the ground, dragging him up and over to the far side of the ridge. He would have to set up camp now, all the while fighting to save the senator's life and keeping a constant watch for the devouring creature. McGee sat on the edge of a deep precipice, gazing into the deep-folded canyon below. He had just checked on Rothstein inside the tent. The senator was resting seemingly out of pain, but his condition worried McGee. And more than that, the water below, their one chance for survival, was somehow tainted, undrinkable, and possibly deadly. He stared deep into the crevices thousands of feet below. Despite the odds, he had to survive. How would they know? How would they know? cried Rothstein as he ran forward. McGee looked at the open tent flap and Rothstein running along the edge of the canyon. Senator, what are you doing? he cried as he chased him over the rocks. Don't you know? How would they know? All of them! He cried, he cried, he cried deliriously. The inhumanity of this place! Fools! Fools! We can't survive here! The senator was standing on but a single rock, jutting out over the steep canyon walls. Black, black sky and... Black, black sky and red, red planets! Where are the people? Where are they? Rothstein, listen to me, said McGee as he inched his way forward. You're not thinking clearly. You have to come back here. No, you'll get back. Away, away, he said as McGee attempted to get closer. You can't take me, McGee. Barrett, Barrett, help me, Barrett. Barrett is sleeping. Barrett is sleeping, Senator. He wants you back in the tent. Liar, liar, cried Rothstein as he moved closer to the edge. Listen, Senator, just come over here and we can talk. No more talk. I can't take this. My body is so hot. Pain, pain, pain. McGee rushed him, but Rothstein leaped into the air. He could just feel the Senator's shoes as he dove to stop him. And Alvin Rothstein, a member of the United States Senate and promising presidential prospect, went sailing into the deep rock canyon. Ah! Rothstein! Oh no! Damn it! No! He heard the senator's voice only for a short time, rapidly moving away. About halfway down the side, McGee lost track of the body. With his fist still clenched outward, he lowered his head on the rock and began pounding furiously. Damn! God damn this place! God damn this place! He lay on the rock for several hours, crying intermittently as the planet, with its indecent red light, rose over the far horizon. He could hear the ground rumble again, but he refused to move, reaching out for the senator and everything else that had fallen out of his grasp. Join us again next week for another adventurous episode of the Ramdamas Kingdom, produced by Fitton Theater of the Words.